have Soap Sunday, but I, I felt like I'm not going to share a soap today because I just want to talk to you about the last 20 minutes of our time together as we're launching into this uh, week of prayer and fasting. So who would like to come up and share the first soap today? Man, I might go right into fasting. In fact, I might have to start the fast right now. Dave, come on. Everybody's just being shy. Or are they, they are in honor preferring one another. They're Hello, everyone. The uh, scripture today is Proverbs 31. 30 and 31. This is at. Oh, okay. Hold it up. Okay. Uh, charm and grace are deceptive, and beauty is vain because it is not lasting. But a woman who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. And let her own works praise her in the city gates. In the gates of the city, excuse me. <clears throat> Observation. It is not the Lord's duty to highlight the works of his hand. It is a duty of men and women to observe and announce forth the works of the Lord's hand. She shall be praised. It is not from the Lord's lips praising her. The Lord's command is to praise her. She is to have the fruits of her efforts and her praise. Her efforts are to be praised in the application. Her efforts are to be praised in the city gates. Who is in the city gates? Her husband sits among the elders in the city gates. Her husband is the one that praises his wife before the elders in the city gates. And that is Proverbs 31, 23. Her husband is known in the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Prayer. Jesus, do we have the beauty of the Holy Spirit about us? Are his words upon our lips? Is our vanity in the Lord? A discerning woman stands before the Lord. Her words speak to the Lord. He listens to her attentively. The Lord loves her voice. She is called to his altar. She dines with him. The Lord praises her. Jesus, <clears throat> bless the women you have called forth. Bless her hands and the fruit of them. Let her husband praise her in the city gates. Let him testify of her works and virtues. Let him shield her from reproach. Let his arms only embrace her. Let them be in the house of the Lord together. Guide us each to our perspective, Lord. Guide us to seek you. Amen. That'll preach. Yeah. That's how a, a husband leads in the home. By creating a culture of honor. By honoring his wife. The children behold that, and it affects them, and it's the culture that they grow up in. 
Good word, challenging word, Dave. Thank you. Who else would like to share a soap today? Come on, Michelle. Como estas? Okay. Um, so my soap today is on Psalm 68, um, verses 19 to 20. Um, I have it both in the New Living Translation and the Passion Translation, so um, they're both great. So I'll read both of them. Praise the Lord. Praise God our Savior. For each day he carries us in his arms. Our God is a God who saves. The sovereign Lord rescues us from death. And uh, the Passion Translation says, what a glorious God. He gives us salvation over and over, and then daily he carries our burdens. Pause in his presence. Our God is a mighty God who saves us over and over. For the Lord Yahweh rescues us from the ways of death many times. So my observation is, we say God is good, but do we really realize how good he really is? He gives us salvation over and over. He gives us forgiveness, deliverance from sin, and, and the sin's consequences over and over. And then, and then, he daily carries our burdens. Every single day of our lives, he takes on the responsibility for our difficult and unpleasant things. For each one of us, every single day, he never takes a vacation day. He never gets tired of doing this for us. And he doesn't get uh, disinterested. He simply is always here to bear our burdens. And if we are willing to allow him, by casting our burdens on him, that's where we find our peace. My application is to remember that simply through God's love for me, that he is daily there on my behalf continuous in forgiveness and deliverance of my sins and carrying my burdens as I cast them upon him. I was never meant to carry those burdens. I was meant to live in his love, his grace, and his freedom. My prayer, oh Lord, cementing this deep within my heart has been so satisfying and freeing. I've known this in my head and have continued to try to strengthen this in my heart, but today, Today is the day that it fully planted and developed a deep root of understanding at the fullness and vastness of your desire to be even more so of my all in all. Thank you for your willingness to carry me in your arms every single day of my life, offering me more, excuse me, offering me your never-ending salvation of your forgiveness and deliverance from death and continuing to be my burden carrier in every area of my life. Lord, I'm short, well, we, we're short on income this month, this was previously, um, to meet all of our bills, but here you go, Lord, I'm casting this burden over to you, and I trust you for a perfect resolve, to which it did come about. Um, I'm not going to say their name, but somebody I care about, their health and illness um, is heartbreaking and concerning, but I know that he's healed by the blood of Jesus. And I continue to thank you for revealing the full manifestation of his healing in the natural. And I, too, cast this burden and lay it at your feet. And I trust you for the perfect deliverance in the name of Jesus. 
and he also was delivered of that. So <laughs> I ended up being testimony too. So <laughs> um, raising teens and youth and an infant all at the same time is challenging yet so rewarding. Um, but I also, Lord, lay this at your feet and cast this over to you today. And just writing these out feels so freeing and like I've literally unpacked a load that was weighing me down. Thank you, Lord, for your love and continued faithfulness. Even in times when I may have fallen short or wandered, you never have. Continue to root more of your truth within my heart, Lord, changing me from the inside out so that I may share your truth with those around me and plant seeds of truth in the hearts of your children always. Amen. Let me just say, you know, she said something that is so significant. She said, I was never meant to carry these burdens. We, we were not, that's why they cause physical problems, they cause mental problems. We were not designed to do that. And so I, I'm, I'm sure that this spoke to you. And so lead us, just letting go of everything. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word and for your promises. And Father God, I just welcome I just welcome and entertain this, Father, within the entire body of Christ and those watching live um, or after. <laughs> um, and God, I just ask that you would, you would just put that desire within their hearts to just step into that and to just release that burden, Father God, and to just embrace all that you have for them and that willingness to know that every single day and every single circumstance that you are always there for them. There's nothing too big or too little for you to um, to take over, Father God, and that simply casting our burdens allows you to take them from us and to work through them. Um, and I just pray that for everybody here and um, watching, Father God, um, and that you would just continue to just bless and pour out your love and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. See, Paul said, when you do that, then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You were created not to carry the burden, but to actually live in his peace. That we have to choose to cast all our cares on the one who cares for us. Who else has a soap to share? Jan, come on. Mm -hmm. oh, thank you so much. I am in Jeremiah, chapter 18, starting with verse 1, and I'm going to go down to verse 6. Um, this is about the potter and the clay. So it says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will make you hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and saw that he was working at the wheel, but the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled by the potter's hand. So he made it over, reworking it and making it into another pot that seemed good to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, says the Lord. Look carefully as the clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now he's talking to Israel 
back then, but it does apply to his church also. And I know a lot of us are looking at the awakening, and guess what? It started. Have you seen all the wonderful things God is doing in, in, in all sorts of places, including football games where a tragedy happened? Did you see that? That's God. <laughs> that is God. I was so impressed with all the people that were showering this individual with love. And, that, and, and that you probably have heard that he is he's awake and talking and up and getting better so thank you god for all of that um god is got us in his hands and part of awakening uh, dutch sheets has been teaching a lot about awakening and part of it is seeing a lot of salvations the church wakes up the church starts to do kingdom again and people get saved that's the first part of it. What he's preaching also is we've got to couple that with transformation. Like uh, it says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, which is a work of God. And so what we're wanting to see with this new awakening is both. We want to see the church wake up and go back to her first love. We want to see new babies in Christ come to the Lord and we want all of us <laughs> to be transformed away from the way the world does things into the way Jesus Christ and the kingdom does things. And then we're going to have a more permanent uh, uh, demonstration of the kingdom. We need the kingdom to come on the earth as it is in heaven. So the application in my life, that was observation, by the way, the application in my life, whenever I'm uh, in a process of being changed, I find it, he talks to me in my dreams because I can't resist him. My brain won't argue myself out of it. And he did like three dreams this week. And this time it was um, things that I thought were were dealt with and not dealt with, and then some things that were actually hidden from me. He will reveal blind spots. They says, can I get that out of there for you? That thing's hurting you. Can I get that out of there? A lot of it had to do with um, pain from the past, wounds and, wounds and lies from the past. Can I get that out of there for you and make you whole? Because uh, I know from experience that hurting people, uh, hurting people hurt others. Don't want to do that. Okay, so I'm letting him go in there after it. But I don't search my own heart because guess what? If you search your own heart, you're going to find everything that you absolutely hate about yourself, and it may not even be true. So you let Holy Spirit do it. He's very gentle, very kind, very good. And he'll say, can I go in there and help you with that? Here, I got it. Thanks. Okay, let me pour something good in there like love, joy, peace, acceptance, you know, adoption. <laughs> He'll always pour back goodness afterwards. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I thank you so much for all the things you're doing. The awakening has started, and we just rejoice in that. We rejoice that you are saving people, delivering people. I thank you for helping that football player to rise up again, Lord, and to be filled with life. And all the people around him praying and coming to you, even newscasters praying on, on, the, on their, uh, on their <laughs> you know what I mean, I lost it. But praying on, on the telecast, Lord God, I thank you for this move of God. And we just uh, submit ourselves to you to be examined by you and gently and patiently 
transforming by the real renewal of our mind and our heart to your, your way and your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Una Mas, is there anybody else that has a soap they'd like to share? Then I'm just going to shift gear. Okay, come on, Riley. As, as Riley's coming, I, I just really want to encourage you concerning this Wild at Heart Basic that's coming. It is an amazing experience for a man. And it, it, it um, well, you've heard me talk about it. I, I was just so impressed with it when I went, and I believe that it's, it's transformative. It has the power to really help you grow and, and overcome some things. One of the reasons why Wild at Heart is, uh, boy, he gave me the opportunity to now talk about it, is anointed. It's not just the content. Um, there are prisoners in drug prisons in Medellin, Colombia, that are praying for our weekend. Uh, that's how they. That's how they roll. Is that they? These are. These are. We're not relying on the content or the specialness of the weekend. It is anointed in prayer. Appreciate your prayers for us, for the guys going from here and from Walla Walla and from Tri Cities and. Um, uh, and you know, every time I go, I go, man, I wish I could have recruited, stolen, kidnapped, <laughs> three or four more guys to go to this thing because, it's anointed anyway. That's enough for that. Okay. Um, I don't have a verse. I have a chapter. And there are, um, uh, there are only uh, 34 verses. So um, anyway, I, I'm going to give an overview of this. Yesterday, I was at a men's um, breakfast in Tri-Cities at Calvary Fel, uh, Chapel in, uh, in, in Kennewick and was able to talk about BASIC, and there's a bunch of guys coming from there. Um, really great time. They meet weekly for their breakfast. Isn't that amazing? And the speaker was just a layman, layman guy, and he came up, and he talked about Matthew 6. Mind blown. Um, and the reason is, and, and again, I'm going to be brief, but it's Jesus is, this is on the Sermon on the Mount. How many know about the Sermon on the Mount? Okay, raise your hand that you're familiar with that. And so I read the whole chapter even while he was speaking because I was so intrigued with that. And God just, you know, it's all in red too, you know, when you read it because it's Jesus' words. So he talks about three things, and I'd never put the three together. And I'm sorry, I've, I've been to Bible school. I've been a Christian for many, many years. And for some reason, I didn't make the thread between these three things. And I, I, I hope I'm not taking away any of your thunder about what you're going to talk about, but it says, and talks a lot about hypocrisy. Well, I've been convicted about hypocrisy because I say things, and am I living that uh, out in my own life? And when you compare my words, and I'm a word person, I, I meet with people and try to help them with their problems, and then I'm thinking, how well am I doing? Sometimes not so good. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, it says in Matthew 6. Uh, and be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. So it's about giving, right? And so the, the, 
key verse there is so do your giving in secret so your Father in Heaven will see it. Don't broadcast it to everybody. Be anonymous when you give, okay? Now, that doesn't mean the accountant at the church doesn't know who's giving, but, but that's that idea, give. So it's, 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 it isn't, will you give, Jesus says, or I command you to give. It says, when you give. It's, it's a given that you give. You will do that. That's part of following Christ. You give, right? Okay. The next section is on prayer. Does anybody have any objection to giving? No, no objection there? Good. No, heads are nodding. No. How about prayer? Any objection to that? And I was saying, I was following this guy. He was, he was looping me in here, man. He was going to make it happen. But when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. There's that thing again. But then go to your closet and pray. Have a prayer life that no one sees. You'd have to demonstrate that. And then that's where, the, that's in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 anyway. That's where the Lord's Prayer is. And then in Matthew 6, the next section in, in verse 16 is when you fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do and bring up that hypocritical thing. But Father who is unseen will see you when you fast. Comb your hair, put your oil on, and look okay instead of going around like demonstrating to the world. So Jesus was confronting hypocrisy, but he assumed those three things go together. Giving, prayer, and fasting. Okay, so that's the scripture. And it goes on about the passage all about giving, treasures in heaven, all those kind of things. This is why I'm kind of going over this very quickly. And don't and then the last part is don't worry. Don't worry. Why do you worry about clothes? Why do you worry about money? For your Father knows what you need, and he rewards you in secret. Father knows that you need these things. Seek first. And then this great verse that we had a song made, Matthew 6.33. See, I'm getting to the end without going through all the verses. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. Why? Because we give we pray and we fast. Okay, now it's time for the hypocrite to confess his sins. I uh, do not like to fast. I am not a faster. I've done it. I've, I've even fasted for three or four days. I haven't done the 40-day fast like pastor has. I, I tried it, and I just don't. I don't I, I'm moody. I'm cranky. I don't get a lot out of it for a food fast. And I just, I said, well, yeah, that's a, yeah, I don't do that. It's kind of like um, I go to church. I give. I I pray. I could sure give more. I could pray more. But fasting? How are those things connected? Well, Jesus assumed that they're connected. Prayer, giving, and fa giving, prayer, and fasting. They just come together. Okay. So, before you all, I'm confessing that I've been a bad boy when it comes to fasting. And I'm going to give it a try this week. My brother goes to another church here in town, and, and they have a fasting week this week, too. So he, uh, it was either this last week or this week. And he's really, really practiced on it. He's really good about it. Um, he's, he's made that part of his life. I have not. I don't even think all my seminary profs uh, made fasting part of life. I've never heard really any sermons on it whatsoever. So that's my application. Let's pray. And I'm going to pray like the hypocrites do. No, I'm not going to do that.
Father, just real simple. Uh, thank you for, Lord God, that we apply these things, not because, well, I'm just thinking, Lord, you don't want us to do it because we're to be miserable, to give and to pray and to fast. Um, you do it because you love us. And you want us to know your love in a deeper and stronger way because we are reliant upon you. Help us, Lord. Uh, and not be hypocritical uh, like Jesus was praying against, but be true to you and all that we do. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elaine. Stacy? We missed one announcement. She's going to make this announcement real quickly. Oh, thank you. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's pretty informal, but we are going to have a prayer walk this Saturday for our inreach and outreach ministry starting at church from 1 to 2. And a plan B, in case the weather is bad, right, because we never know what it's going to be like around here, especially in the winter, um, then we will come into the sanctuary and use it as an intercessory time. And I just wanted to encourage you that if you have, like, um, things on your heart with your own family relationships, it doesn't have to be only about, like, the neighborhoods that yep. we walk through. It can be about anything that Lord is putting on your heart. So this is an opportunity that we want to make ourselves available to shoulder with you anything that, that the Lord is putting on your heart. We'd love to link arms with you like that. Okay? Um, and we are, we are feeding a meal as well, but we won't be having a time where we're doing meal prep here because we're, for the next couple months, we're just doing hot soups, and so there isn't a whole lot of other um, things to prep along the side. So I just wanted to let you know we're still active in that, and if you have any questions, let me know. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. And Stacy promised it was not going to be a prayer run. No. It's, it's going to be a walk. Now, I have to warn you, I know that what I'm going to share is going to take 20 minutes or so. So I might go a little bit over. What's that? That's okay. Okay. Uh, she says it's okay. Do, do I get somebody in this section? No. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Raleigh actually introduced my message. Matthew chapter 6. Um, <clears throat> As I was preparing or looking at my soap, seeing which one I was supposed to share today, I, I, I just felt like the Lord challenged me to talk about fasting for a few minutes since we're heading into this and launching into this, this coming week. Matthew 6 is a chapter. It's really about things, three things that catch God's attention and bring heaven's reward. You know, how many want to do things that catch God's attention? And, and bring the reward from heaven. Now, in your notes, they are giving, praying, and fasting. These three things draw reward from heaven, but as we will see, only if they are done right. The chapter begins talking about charitable deeds or giving, blessing others, giving to the poor, giving to worthy causes. He says, don't do it to be seen by men and he specifically uses the word hypocrites. Don't be like the hypocrites who sound a trumpet announcing that they are giving. And he says they have their reward, the attention of men. But no reward from heaven is coming. But when you give, do it in secret. And the Father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. That's the reward of heaven.
Next, he addresses the area of prayer. He says, don't be like the hypocrites who stand on the street corners and they, they pray these great prayers. But, but see, they're not really praying to God. They're praying to be heard by men. And Jesus said they have their reward, the attention of men. But they will not receive any reward from heaven. In fact, Jesus said, this, said it this way in Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, we, we all know this, go into your room. And shut the door. Pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Don't pray to be heard by men. Pray to be heard by God. Do it in secret, and the father will reward you, not in secret, but openly. Now, the third area, thanks for the introduction, Raleigh. The third area is the, the, the heaven's reward involving fasting. So let's read it, Matthew 6, 16. I'm sorry, yeah, verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, they, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, he says, when you fast, not if you fast, it, it is assumed that we're going to give and pray and fast. That's part of the Christian life. But when you give, when you pray, when you fast, do it right. And the key element here, what makes it hypocritical, has to do with motive. And so in your notes, it all has to do with motive. Why am I giving? Why am I praying? Why am I fasting? If my motive is towards God, I'm good. If my motive is towards man, I'm not good. Matthew 6, verses 17 and 18. I'm trying to cover this quickly. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you appear to be, appear to men to be, do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Three things that God rewards when they are done right. Giving, praying, and fasting. When they are done right, they bring the reward of heaven. When you fast, don't do it to garner man's attention, to somehow look spiritual, but do it to garner the attention of God. So what is fasting? In your notes, fasting is simply refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. In other words, I'm not fasting to lose weight. I'm not fasting for dietary or, 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 or health benefits, although those are definitely side benefits of fasting. But I am fasting to get closer to God. I am fasting to humble myself before the Lord. I am fasting to intensify my, my prayer life. I am fasting for breakthrough. So when I would normally eat a meal, instead I would use that time to pray and get into the word. I'm saying that because when you're fasting, don't just fast. Don't just go without food, but take extra time to pray, to seek his face. This, this week is not a call to fasting. This is a week, of, uh, it's a call to prayer and fasting. Fasting, when it is done right, is something that God rewards. 
Now, the thought that God gave me, this was about 10 years ago. God gave me this thought as we were heading into a, a time of fasting as a church, and he gave me the word reboot. Sometimes each one of us needs a good reboot. Breaking off the old and stepping into the new, in your notes, fasting is a God-given method for rebooting. And a reboot will fix a lot of things. There are times when my phone will not work right, and it's like it's, you know, and I'll, I'll close out all the programs, I'll do different things, and it's just not working right. But you know what'll fix it? A reboot. It's amazing. I have a, another computer that I use at home, and, and there are a couple of programs that can get tangled up. One is Outlook, and one is my, my uh, BibleSoft Bible program. And, and it's like, it, it'll get so I can, I can click on Outlook, but it won't open, even though the computer does think it's open, because I know when I reboot, it says that that program needs to close, but it's nowhere visible, it's not functional to me, but, it, but I reboot and it fixes everything. I'm just saying, a reboot will fix a lot of things. As we begin this new year, 2023, it's time for a reboot. Let's grab this bull by the horns. I, I, I feel like this year has so much potential. I feel like God is saying, I, I want you to lay hold of everything that I want to do in you. And it's like the Spirit of God is saying, go for it. What, what would you like to see God do this year? What, what prayers have you been praying that you haven't seen answered yet? Do you have loved ones that are not saved? Do you have a financial situation that needs God's intervention? Do you know someone that, that needs deliverance from an addiction or, or habitual sin, from a stronghold that has not come down yet? In your notes, fasting is one of the most powerful tools that God has given us to intensify our prayer life. It's like this secret weapon that God has, gives us when, when nothing else seems to be working. It's like, it, it's like pulling out the big guns. Some things will not be broken without fasting. Fasting is a secret weapon for the believer. When you add fasting to your praying, your prayers become supercharged. Now, in Mark chapter 9, <clears throat> you guys doing okay? I'm trying to do this in the allotted period. In Mark chapter 9, there's a story told about a man who came to Jesus' disciples. He had a son that was demon-possessed. This man had a mute spirit. He couldn't talk. And when this spirit would come upon him full force, he would foam at the mouth, he would clench his teeth, and it would throw him into water to drown him. It would throw him into fire to burn him. It was this destructive, suicidal spirit. Now, there's no, there's, I don't know what you think of when you read this story, but, but he's not some little kid. He's somebody that's grown up. Imagine having a child that, that is grown, but you still can't leave him by himself. Mom or dad, one of them has to be with him every moment. 
Can you imagine the strain that they've lived under for all these years? And, and so he takes his son and he brings him to Jesus' disciples, but, but they were unable to uh, cast it out. And uh, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Aren't you glad when Jesus shows up? And, and he starts talking to this father about his boy, and the, the father's very disappointed that the disciples could not cast it out. And, and Jesus said, he said, all things are possible to him who believes. And the man says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. In other words, I want to believe, I'm trying, help me. How many have ever been there? I have. Jesus commands the spirit to come out of him and to not return, and he pulls him up off the ground and presents him to his father. Can you imagine how this father's life was just changed? Can you imagine how their marriage was changed? And so right after this incident, I'm reading Mark 9, verse 28. He says, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. I think it's important for us to understand this. In your notes, there are certain strongholds <clears throat> that can't be broken apart from fasting. There are certain things <clears throat> excuse me, that you cannot experience breakthrough in except by prayer and fasting. In Isaiah 58, he talks about loosing the bands of wickedness through fasting, breaking the, those strongholds through prayer and fasting. See, the prayer coupled with fasting is a powerful means to experiencing breakthrough. Fasting intensifies your, your prayer life. It, it turns your, your spiritual 30-odd six into a missile launcher. You know, the, the Lord has led me into long fasts at certain key intervals in my life. But years ago, when I first got saved, uh, I, was, I was part of this Jesus people type church. And, and the pastor, he just really encouraged us to just get, develop the discipline of fasting. He encouraged us to just pick a day, any day of the week, and just fast that day every week. And for me, it was Tuesday. And it was interesting because after I'd done that for about three months, I wasn't even hungry on Thursdays, Tuesdays anymore. It was, like, it was like my body already knew there's no food coming today, so don't, don't moan and groan. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then the Lord led me into these three-day fasts. I remember we were having a prophetic time of presbytery, and, and the pastor just encouraged everybody that we're getting prayed over to just fast three days just to seek God's face during that time. Uh, at key transition points in my life, I, I, God would call me to fast. In, in 2005, which was a, a major transition point in my life, God called me to a 36-day water fast. Raleigh said it was a 40-day, but it was only 36. You know, but, but I'm telling you, when you're just drinking water, Man, I would put it in the refrigerator, drink it cold. I, just for variety, I'd put it in the microwave just to heat it up, just to get some variety on this water that I was taking in. But 
It, it's a powerful thing just to seek God and, and let him do a work in you as you're fasting. I, I think fasting is a spiritual discipline for all Christians. It helps us to, to have a right perspective, valuing the right things. When we let our, our hunger for food drive us deeper into God, how could that not be good? Now, please understand me. I'm glad you introduced this, Raleigh. I'm not trying to come across with the idea that fasting is fun. Let me be really honest. It's not fun. No es divertido. Initially, it brings your flesh to the surface. Your, your flesh will protest. Initially, you, you'll become weak, disoriented, and even downright cranky. It's the first two or three days of the fast that are the worst. Now, that can be lessened if you, if you eliminate sugar and caffeine from your diet a number of days before you step into that fast. It, it will definitely lessen the difficulty of those two or three days. In fact, the truth is, the more healthy you eat, the less difficult those first three days will be. But, but what happens is this. When you stop giving your body food for fuel, it starts using up your reserves. And see, that's good. You, you want that. But, but the worse you have been eating, the poorer the, the stored up fuel is, the more you will experience it. The, the end, uh, when your body begins to burn up the impurities and you want that, you'll notice it. You'll end up uh, maybe with headaches or, or, or kind of tired or, or, or even cranky. But about the fourth day, your strength starts coming back. And a clarity of thought returns. In fact, that's not true. It doesn't return because it's a whole lot better than what you had when you weren't fasting. That there comes a, a clarity in your thinking that, that is a powerful thing. And, and, and it, it, it's like priorities begin to line up and all of a sudden the, 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 the clutter that you've had in your life is just kind of shifted and everything's put in place and you see what's important and what's not important. You see what, what's been distracting and, and what you need to focus on. Priorities seem to fall in their proper place. Your positioning for revelation and spiritual understanding increases. Now, in your notes, there are two kinds of fasts. Normal fast, that's where you just drink water. And a partial fast, and that is where you might omit certain foods or, or even certain meals. Uh, some people go on a juice fast where they won't eat anything solid, but they're just drinking juice. Some people will eliminate meat or something else from their diet. Uh, I, years, uh, years ago, would have been about 2011, God just had me go on a, about a two-month fast where I only ate one meal a day. And actually, it was, it was a powerful time. There's, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's different ways that you can fast. 
Now, I, I want to share two last verses with you, okay? I'm just about done here. Uh, that I believe illustrate what fasting does, and I think it, it, it has the potential of creating excitement in our spirit as we head into a time of fasting. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, after Jesus was baptized by John and before he actually launched out or began his ministry, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and overcame the enemy in three areas of temptation. Now, the, the significance of those areas are this. They involve the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The significance of those areas are this, this is where the first Adam fell. A tree that was good for food, desirable to the eyes, or desirable to make one wise, the pride of life. And see, the last Adam came into this time of prayer and fasting, and he overcame each one of these temptations. Why, why would Jesus need to do that? Well, verse 14 of this same chapter describes how he came out of this experience. It says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And news of him went out through all the surrounding region. He, <clears throat> he went into this experience filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking tongues. But he came out of this experience in the power of the Spirit. Now he's ready to begin his ministry. Let's stand. I'd just like us to pray. And I've got the shortest prayer imaginable today. Many people have already prayed a lot, huh? I'm excited. And I don't like fasting. But I'm excited about the fruit of it. The potential of it. Just put your hands on your heart. And just say, Father, I position myself for a reboot. Give me the right motives as I head into fasting. Do a work in me while I'm praying and fasting. Reprioritize my life to the kingdom. Let strongholds be broken. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I didn't call up the prayer team, I mean the worship team, just because I know I'm keeping you a little bit later. I do want to invite prayer teams to come up to be available to pray with people. This is the benediction I want to give you. It's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. If anyone needs prayer, if you need someone to agree with you as you're getting ready to head into this season of prayer and fasting, and you want someone to come into agreement with you, that's available today. 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you 
through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. God bless you, saints. As Mickey said, the church will be open and available if you'd like to come and pray. Have a wonderful week.